Hello and welcome back to another deep dive episode of The Final Third. My name is Jack. I am a Chelsea fan, Minnesota United fan, French national team fan, and U.S. national team fan, as well as, I can't believe I forgot it, I don't have a flag up here to remind remind me, Atalanta, B.C. in uh, Italy. All right. Well, for Christmas, I'll get you an Atlanta. Yeah, flag. That, I, I haven't been able to find one, and I don't know where it would fit in here. There's not, not enough wall space. <laughs> uh, we'll figure it out on the All ceilings, right. on the All floors, right. whatever. My name is AJ Taburo. I am the other co-host. I am a fan of uh, Minnesota United, West Ham United, and the U.S. national team, even though I am wearing an NYCFC jersey. <laughs> right now. Uh, James Sands is in the oh, US yeah, squad. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, for sure. For You're sure. just representing James Sands. There yeah, you yeah. Go. And Sean Johnson, who was Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, well, the US national team is playing tonight. Uh, if you want to learn more about our hot takes about whatever happens in that game, hopefully it's nothing terrible. You can follow <laughs> us on Twitter at Final Third Show and on Instagram at Final Third Show uh, as well. Uh, this is, as you know, the internet's number one soccer variety show. That's right. I said it. Number one. Number one. So we don't just talk about the U.S. men's national team, Jack. We talk about all kinds of soccer-related news, including a certain competition. Don't know if you've heard of it, called the Champions League. Jack, are you familiar with it? Well, I might be, and I might just have an autographed picture of Chelsea's uh, Chelsea winning the Champions League last season. Just yeah. maybe. Might have heard of it. Might have heard of. Yeah. Might have heard of it. Uh, well, we're going to be talking about the Champions League, Jack. We're going to talk about uh, every single team in the Champions League. It's one big preview, your guide to the Champions League and every single team. We're going to talk about, namely, uh, how last season went for them, uh, maybe in their in their uh, regular season in the league, but mostly in the, 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 the Europe uh, competitions that they were in, either Europa or Champions, depending on you know where they landed. The strengths and weaknesses of each squad going into the group stage of the Champions League, which happens next Tuesday or starts next Wednesday. Don't even starts know. next Tuesday. Okay, yep. all right. And lastly, we're gonna give our predictions on each group, how each group is going to uh, rank at the end of the group stage. Jack. Are you ready to talk about the Champions League? Yes, I am. I'm. I'm. Let's kick it off with Group A, which yeah. I, which is your turn to cover that first, right? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm so excited to talk about Champions League, man. I'm ready to sing the, the anthem. Go, the champions. <laughs> Speaking of the champions, let's go to the team that weren't the champions. Let's talk about Manchester City, PSG, RB Leipzig, and Club Bruge. As we know, Manchester City, which is the team I will be starting off with did not actually win the Champions League. They got mightily close, but they made it to the final and lost to Chelsea one to nil. They did, however, win the Premier League. When you look at Manchester City and you look at their strengths, almost every part of this team is built to compete at the highest of levels, especially after adding uh, maybe an overpriced, but still a very talented Jack Grealish. And he really supplements the squad that's already pretty good at attacking Torres, Sterling, De Bruyne, Gabriel Jesus, Gundogan, Foden, Mares. This is a contending team. My, one might say a top-tier contending team. Their depth means that they could rotate players even in must-win games, which will come in handy given how many competitions they're going to be in because they're going to be in the Premier League, EFL Cup, FA Cup, and the Champions League. So pretty good for that. Uh, 
I mean, what else can you say about the Manchester City squad? It's a really good team. The weaknesses, uh, the first weakness is that they have no real number nine. Yes, they may ha that may be an overstated issue as Torres has been deputizing that position well as a false nine. But if he goes off form, there's no obvious goal scoring threat they can really rely on. Unlike last season, it's unlikely they'll start running off with the league early on and will have to keep pace with United and Chelsea for a title, at least partially taking their concentration off the UCL, even though I know Pep really, really wants this trophy once more. Speaking of Pep, he's notorious for overthinking big matches as seen by his holding midfielder experiments against Chelsea last season. <laughs> Jack is laughing, and for good reason, because everyone was laughing at Pep Guardiola. Next team is PSG. They are runners up in League A and lost 1-4 to on aggregate in the semifinal against City. Uh, the strengths, I mean, geez, if you're living under a rock, I guess you might not know, but this is a totally <laughs> revamped squad from the back to the front. Donnarumma, Hakimi, and Ramos add defensive depth and talent. Messi obviously takes this team to a whole new level, and Wijnaldum is also there. On paper, this is the best team in the world. A front three of Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, who did stay this window, will do that. A huge strength is that they play in Liga. No offense to Liga fans, but they don't really necessarily have to focus on that league because the expectation is even with uh, their second stringers, they could potentially challenge for that title. They can now rest older players like Messi, Navas, and Ramos during league games where PSG are overwhelming favorites. That's going to be great for them. Their weaknesses, uh, the main one I could really think of that people were pointing out was there's a lot of egos in one locker room. Many of these guys are used to being the main option for their old team uh, or their national team. So can Pochettino really manage all these guys and keep them happy? That's yet to be seen. Uh, RB Leipzig is the next team. Last season, runners up in the Bundesliga and got swept 0-4 to on aggregate to Liverpool in the round of 16. The strengths is, well, you know, this is a pressing team. That's what they're good at. Their attack is fluid. Defense is pretty strong. They have pretty good outputs in newly arriving Andre Silva and Poulsen. Weaknesses, they lost their two best center backs, one of their better midfielders, and their star head coach. Overall, it was a net loss for them this transfer window, which will make it and has made it hard for them to succeed in the Bundesliga and, yes, even in this group of death. Not only that, but they're not doing the best job creating chances in these opening games of the season. Currently ranked 12 of 18 in chances created and averaging just 1.3 goals per 90. That is a pretty shoddy job by Jesse Marsh so far. Hopefully that can be a rebound for him. And the last team I'll be talking about is Club Rouge. Last season won the Belgian League, finished third in their group in the Champions League and lost the round of 32 Europa League matchup with Dynamo Kiev. The strength of this team... Uh, relative to other Bel Belgian teams, they are dominant. They are top of their class in terms of chances created, goals scored, and shots on target. Weaknesses against top opponents, they seem to struggle. Last year, they couldn't hack it in a group with Lazio and Dortmund, which is uh, quite a step down from literally Manchester City and PSG. And they lost to Kiev last year, which is also not the same level as the, the teams in this group. And this season, they even lost to Gent of the Belgian lead. Six to one. It's not like they're a perfect Cinderella story. If I'm being honest, they're going to finish fourth. Speaking of those rankings, I do have Club Bruges fourth, RB Leipzig third, because those two top two teams are pretty, pretty good. PSG I have on top just based on their depth and the strengths I mentioned, which Man City is left over as the second place team. Uh, I'm expecting still a good performance from them. Jack, how do you see Group A? 
Well, first of all, th- this is going to be a pretty interesting group for two out of the six match days, I think, at least. Uh, the Oil Classico, or the Sports Washing Spectacular, yes. is in this group, which could be a really entertaining redux of the UCL semis from last season. Obviously, PSG, uh, I think I think they took that loss personally, and they really tried to rebuild, yeah. uh, because uh, they that's the one trophy they don't have yet. Same with Manchester City. You've... You've got, uh, and plus, uh, RB Leipzig was in the semifinals, uh, I think, a few, uh, two years ago, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So, and they lost to PSG in that as well. So, there, there's a lot of interesting uh, different uh, narratives in here, a lot of different yeah, semifinals. For sure, for sure. So, so uh, it'll be interesting. Bruges, unfortunate for them, honestly, uh, that, uh, that they got drawn no. into this. Oh, no, so he can do it. He'll carry yeah, them. Yeah, he, he'll carry them, maybe. Probably not. If he shows up to practice on time. <laughs> oh, no. But uh, honestly, I, I think PSG should top this group. And I feel like if they don't, it'll be seen almost like a failure for them. Okay. Uh, they, they have so much depth and quality in every position. Plus, the, gro- the GOAT plays for them, right? Messi. Yeah. Messi, I, I don't want to hear anything. Ronaldo is better. No. 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 Messi is good on the field and off the field. Enough said. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that that that's what I'm that's what I'm going to say. Uh, and then City should finish comfortably in second. I don't think RB Leipzig have a chance of finish or they have a chance of finishing second. It's a small one though. Uh, I'm I'm saying they're going to finish third. They they just have too many unresolved issues right now to challenge. Uh, the team that made it to the semifinals of the UCL two years ago is very different than the one they have now. And unfortunately, that leaves Club Rouge for last place. Uh, unfortunate for them, but I, I don't think there, there's really any argument that they're definitely the weakest team in this group. Oh, yeah, for sure. If only Ronaldo went to Man City, then we can have Ronaldo versus Messi. It would redux. be good. It would be good. But this also means that potentially we could see it in the knockout rounds. So. True. Pretty exciting for that. Another exciting group coming up next, Group B. We agreed on Group A, Jack, uh, from front to top, from top to bottom. Something tells me we might not for this group. Yeah, the the so-called. I think most people would say this is the group of death yes. of this UCL. And fair fair point. Uh, there's four great teams in here, four historic teams really in in here, in Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, Porto, and AC Milan. I think between them, uh, you you could you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I believe they have 14 UCLs between them. I have it off the top, of which my head. Uh, I I believe is about right. But re- either way, there's a lot of pedigree uh-huh. in this team. So let's get started from uh, team to team, starting with Atletico Madrid. They came first in La Liga last season. Last UCL season was a bit of, of a disappointment for the for Los Colchoneros, though. Simeone's men faced an injury crisis during the round of 16 and due to COVID were unable to play at home and lost 3-0 on aggregate to eventual champions Chelsea. So not bad if you're exiting in the round of 16 to the eventual winners. Mm-hmm. But in the group stage, they, they did... Okay, they had two wins, or sorry, yeah, two wins, three draws and one loss. They were in a group with Bayern and only lost to them once, drew with them another time, but they didn't really clean up uh, against the smaller teams in their group. Overall, not too bad, but definitely not reaching the heights of years prior where they made it, you know, some deep runs like into the quarterfinals and uh, to the finals recently as well. So, uh, but their strengths, organization. Simeone's tactics have, have this team set up very organized, makes it tough to break them down. Uh, for 
For Chelsea to beat them, it took like a truly spectacular goal from Olivier Giroud to start their downfall. Their attack is a strength. Luis Suarez, Antoine Griezmann, Joao Felix, Marcos Llorente. They have one of the best goalkeepers in the world in Jan Oblak. Uh, but with all that being said, they have some weaknesses. The chief one is when they go behind uh, because then they're forced to not defend. Uh, they're great at playing on counterattacks, inviting on pressure, and trying to score like that. But when they go behind a goal, they have to press forward, which breaks down their shape and makes it easier for them to concede. That That is probably their largest weakness, although their lack of a good depth at striker is a bit of an issue too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have one major option so in Luis Suarez, which, to be fair, is not a bad option. Good option, yeah. Uh, so and they also have some depth problems in center back as well, but Oblak is decent enough to pretty much get past that but that is atletico but let's move on to a team that lost to atletico in the round of 16 two years ago liverpool uh who finished third in uh the premier league last season last ucl season was pretty good for the reds all things considered despite going through a massive injury crisis taking out some of their best players they made it to the quarterfinals where real madrid did eventually beat them three to one on aggregate they took first place in their group though with four wins one draw and one loss strengths of this team their first team quality is fantastic uh probably one of the like with some of the most world-class players in a starting 11 you can find Mo Salah Sadio Mane Thiago Virgil van Dijk Trent Rabo Allison and more like you you could you could go on as long as you stay in their starting 11 which I'll get to in a little bit uh you know, their attack is truly special and hard to beat on their day, and Van Dyke can hold down the defense nearly by himself. Their press is hard to beat and forces turnovers high up the pitch, and with Salah's pace, that can be a real problem. Plus, on Anfield, I almost said Anfield for some reason, uh, <laughs> itself with full crowds is going to act as a strength for them. Yeah. Their weakness, though, is that while their first 11 is fantastic, after that you see a backup drop in quality, uh, a, a significant drop in backup quality. Their backup right back is James Milner. Their backup center mid is question mark. Uh, right now, Nabi Keita is going through some stuff in his country because he plays for Guinea, and there was a coup there. So they're missing a big option, and there's a lot of injuries still. Uh, you, you know, your backup right wing or left wing Jota, I guess, but he's more of a backup striker. Like, you, you don't really have a ton of depth. If they get injuries, that thin squad is going to absolutely bite them. It's what's, it's what's been their downfall in years mm-hmm. past. Yeah, last season for sure. Last year against Atletico, no Allison meant Adrian had to play in goal, where he produced one of the worst performances <laughs> uh, I've seen from a goalkeeper. Uh, West Ham legend, though. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But uh, I think that's going to hurt them significantly. They'll, they'll have to have hope to have some good fortune with injuries this season. Next, we go on to Porto, who finished first in Portugal. Last UCL season was impressive for them as they took Juve out of the competition 4-4 on aggregate, winning on away goals. However, they fell to Chelsea in the quarterfinals, 2-1 on aggregate, put up a fight. However, uh, they, they definitely overachieved, though. And after finishing second in their group with 13 points, uh, that's, that's not too bad considering they had to play Man City, drew against them, and lost against them once. Very good indeed. Their strengths, Porto are good at playing their style, a counterattacking side who tries to kill Giants. It's worked for them pretty well in the past. They've got a decent squad with Tecatito, uh, Marchesin, and Pepe acting as some standouts in there. Their weakness, though, is also an issue of squad depth as their second-choice players aren't always UCL quality, mm-hmm. uh, and that can very much hurt them if they, if they have some injuries. 
Next, we go on to AC Milan, who finished second in Italy. They didn't compete in the UCL last season. They actually didn't compete, I believe, for the last seven years in the UCL, but were solid enough in the Europa League, eventually falling to finalist Manchester United 2-0 on aggregate, or 2-1 on aggregate, my bad. Uh, Strengths, they have a top squad who believes in their system with a good coach in Stefano Pioli. That it, that's one of the biggest things. If, if your guys buy into your system, that's always good. Uh, their center back pairing is solid in Fikayo Tamori and Simon Kerr. While they have some great young talents in Sandro Tonali and Frank Kessie in their midfield and reliable older guys up front in Olivier Giroud and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. They keep possession well and are organized. However, they do have weaknesses. Uh, squad depth, always an issue uh, for, for a lot of these teams that are getting back into the UCL. Uh, they lost one of their best talents as well in Gigi Donnarumma, mm-hmm. uh, which does hurt their defense a bit, although Mike Mignon is not a bad uh, replacement. That's good, yeah. Overall, though, it's, it is it is tougher for them this time around, but group predictions for this one, this one this one might be a bit surprising. I'm going with Atletico to top the group. Okay, okay. Liverpool in second, AC Milan in third, and Porto unlucky to, to, uh, to miss out. All right, all right. Well... <sighs> For my rankings, I went very similar for the bottom. I, I think that, unfortunately, AC Milan Porto will be getting sent to the Europa League and getting sent home, respectively. I had Liverpool winning the group okay. because I, I think, yes, they have depth issues, but on the surface, that starting 11 versus starting 11, I think I trust Liverpool more to win uh, their head-to-head games, which I think will be the deciding factor uh, for who wins this group, especially when it comes to winning in Anfield versus winning in Madrid. I, I think that Liverpool have the quality to at least eke out a draw away and they have the atmosphere to win at home. That's just how I see it. Okay. Uh I don't know, Jack. Like do 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 you think that uh, that AC Milan can uh go ahead Porto? Like is that a foregone conclusion? Not not necessarily. Porto could they, like I said, they're good at giant killing. Yeah. Uh, they they could easily get third place. They could they could even get second place if everything goes right. Honestly, uh, it would have to be a lot of things to go right. But who's in their group last year? Do you remember? Uh, Man City, Olympiacos, and Marseille. Okay, so, so it, it was a a bit more open. A bit more open, yeah. So I I'm not so sure about about them finishing above third. But I think that, like uh, AC Milan and Porto are going to be battling out for third and fourth, and Liverpool and Atletico are probably going to ba- battle it out for first and second. All right, cool. Well, thank you for that, Jack. I'm taking over Group C. We're going to, from one Portuguese team, Porto, to another with Sporting Portugal. Group C consqu- consists of Sporting, like I said, Borussia Dortmund, Ajax, and Besiktas. Let's start off with the top-ranked uh, team, and that is Sporting. Last season, they were the champions of the Portuguese League. First time in, like, what, 17 years? Yep, Crazy. Yep. They lost against LASK, L-A-S-K, in the Europa League playoff qualifying round. <laughs> Not great for uh, <laughs> for a supposed big team. I believe L-A-S-K or LASK is from Austria. Yep, L-A-S-K Lunes, yeah. Strengths of this team, their attack is good and consistent. If I had to really point out a player or a couple players, Jovan Cabral and especially Pedro Goncalves, who has four goals and four appearances in all competitions this season for sporting. Weaknesses, 
this isn't the best squad in terms of converting chances. And when you really look at how they play in uh, the Portuguese league, I don't think that missing chance is going to convert well to literally the, the top competition in Europe. Uh, particularly Paulinho, he is not the answer for uh, forward for this team. Uh, this entire team ranks second in the Portuguese league in terms of big chances missed. And this is for the supposed reigning champions. They can be dangerous, but can they make teams play uh, pay? With very talented defenders from the other three teams in this group, that's a big question. Uh, the next is Borussia Dortmund. Obviously, everyone knows about Borussia Dortmund. Last season, they finished third in the Bundesliga, quarterfinals in the UCL, losing 4-2 to Manchester City. Uh, Marco Rosa is their new head coach, and he brings to this team a lot of strengths. Not only is he a good coach, but he inherits a good team. This is the best attacking team in this group. Number one, goals per match, and second in shots on target in their league. And it makes sense how they're so talented uh, offensively. They added a great forward with Mollen from PSV to an already stacked team featuring Gio Reyna, Erling Holland, Jude Bellingham, Dehoud, Royce, Thorgan Hazard, Brandt. Goals will not be the issue for this team. I think they will, you know, squeeze out some goals, especially from Erling Holland if he's up there. That's and a bit healthy. of an understatement, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he He's going to destroy some of these matches. I would not be surprised if he got a hat trick, maybe a couple braces, gets the golden boot once more. Weaknesses, you know, I talk a lot about offense. Let's look at the let's look at the backside. Talk about defense. We saw during their injury crisis the first couple of games uh, of the season how if their defense goes down, so does the entire <laughs> team. They they the team does not have the depth to really support so many competitions, especially in that black back line. So if they want to challenge for both UCL and the Bundesliga they're going to have to just pray and hope that they're going to stay healthy. If a few key defenders go down, we go back to Dortmund conceding two goals a game like they are doing right now. That's just not sustainable. Next is a team that's close to my heart. I have one of their scars, Ajax. They won the Eredivisie, got third in the group stage of the Champions League, and lost to Roma in the Europa League quarterfinals. Strengths, this is quite simply the best team in the Netherlands. I would say the best team... Not in the big six leagues. I think outside of uh, the big five plus Portugal, Ajax are probably the strongest team because they have players like Tadic, uh, Hilaire, Alvarez, uh, Mazarui, sure. are They're all very good at the positions that they play. As everyone knows, you know, Ajax are just very, very good offensively. They have the Johan Cruyff DNA. <laughs> They've already scored 11 goals in three games. Wow. The weaknesses, uh, I can't really find any other weaknesses because, yes, their defense is bad, but I think their overarching weakness is that they just aren't that good. I mean, there's a reason why Sebastian Haller is doing so well in Ajax and not in West Ham, and it's not just because he wants to leave in, live in Amsterdam and not East London. It's because, <laughs> it's quite simply, the, the level of play in the Netherlands is uh, quite the drop-off to the Premier League. So I, I think when you're really looking at them being potential title contenders, you're not going to really find it there. The last team I'm talking about is Besiktas in the Turkish Super League. Speaking of that league, they won it last year. They lost to, however, Rio Ave in the Europa League third qualifying round. Quite the embarrassing way to go out. Uh, the strengths this season, uh, I don't know if this is like the, the, the Turkish way of playing, but they've done very well defensively, almost mirroring how they're 
national team is supposed to be not necessarily in the <laughs> How Euros. playing before the Euros. Yes, exactly. But this team in particular, they haven't conceded a goal yet. And that's thanks to Rosier, Wellington, Souza. They're all very defensive players. Uh, they are all defenders. Souza is a defensive midfielder. And they've been lights out for Besiktas through the first few games. Canadian Kyle Lahren is also a very good striking option. The weaknesses, uh, really, it's their uh, striking situation. I mentioned Kyle Lahren, but still, despite being a good team, they've only scored four goals in three games in the Turkish Super League and are ninth in chances created, pretty mid-table. And because that's in the Turkish uh, Super League, they just need to step up those numbers if they want a chance to even sniff the qualifying rounds of this tournament. Uh, speaking of sniffing those final rounds, I don't think they will. I also have them in fourth place. Sporting, I actually have in third place because I just don't think that they have the real squad to compete. Ajax, even though I did mention their overall squad strength, I think from front to back have a stronger team. And obviously Borussia Dortmund, what can you say? I, I think they just on average have a stronger attack and even a stronger defense, even an injured defense better than those teams I mentioned. Jack, where do you rank these teams? Yeah, well, see, I, I have a, I have a bit of a difference. Uh, okay. First of all, this group does not strike me as the most exciting of them. If if I had to pick one that was like a group of life, maybe. Yeah, I mean, this one just honestly, it it feels like they're they're that this one is mostly set in stone. Like for for me, uh, Dortmund are going to get first in this one. Ajax are going to get second. Okay. I have Besiktas in third. All right, why is that? Uh, the reason is they actually had a pretty good transfer window when, when you look at everything. Uh, they they've uh, they brought in uh, Gunak from Istanbul, Basa Keshir, who was pretty good. They uh, they brought in Mirlam Pjanic okay. uh, from Barcelona. Uh, Michi Bacuay, who, when, when he's on form, can be a very good striker. Like, they, they've brought in some decent players here uh, around there. And, you know, that that could go go far. And I think that a lot of the players that they do have have some UCL exp uh, experience. <laughs> so there there is, uh, I, I think, like, I, I think that they, they have what it takes to get the job done. Okay. May, maybe just barely. I feel like this one could be decided on, like, goal difference or something like that between these two. But, you know, I, I believe that they could do it. And sporting, I, I don't know. I, I just, I just don't believe in it. I just don't believe in it, really. I mean, that's fair. It's not like we've seen these teams excel too much at this like high of a level, get to the knockout rounds too much. I might be speaking out of my butt here. I can't remember <laughs> the last time uh, sporting were even too good of a team. They've been kind of going through a crisis recently. Obviously, they won the title, but at what cost? One might ask. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to Group D, which is an interesting team because we have a, a a newcomer to the Champions League. Jack, why don't you talk about Sheriff and some other teams that nobody really cares about, whatever. <laughs> well, uh, this group is, uh, Group D, one of the more interesting ones because three of the four teams in this competed in the same group last time around. This one has Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk, and FC Sheriff Tiraspol. Ah, uh, Manchin Gladbach, where are you? Yeah. They were the other team, right? Yep, okay, good. Yep, you got it, you got it. Uh, so let's go through this. I'm going to start with Inter Milan. They were the champions of Italy, broke Juventus's title uh, streak of uh, nine years, I, I believe it was. But uh, last season in the Champions League, in contrast to the domestic league, 
went terrible for Inter. Nearly everything that could go wrong for them did. They finished last in their group on six points, one win, three draws, and two losses. Of course, that would prove beneficial in the long run, as they did win the domestic title, but a bad European campaign nonetheless. Their strengths, they have a good coach in Inzaghi, maybe a step down from Conte, but still good, and have started well with new signing Dzeko and Chalanoglu contributing right away. They have a solid defense with Devridge and Skriniar holding it down, and Tendanovic, while getting old, can still be reliable in a pinch. And they also have a, a good striker uh, to pair with Dzeko in Lautaro Martinez, who didn't leave. Uh, so, so that's fantastic for them. The big weakness is how this team will play without their two most important players from last season. Uh, of course, Romelu Lukaku and Ashraf Hakimi, two of their most important players, two great players, scored a lot of goals, assisted a lot. Uh, they've left a void in this team still. Uh, they, Yes, Inter have been playing well, but it's clear they're missing that cutting edge that made them so great last season. Nah. A little nah. bit. Okay, sure. I, I, th- I, think, I think it still shows. Like, Dzeko is a good striker, but he's not Romelu Lukaku. Uh, so they, they, there's that. And they also don't have the squad depth that some other teams in this group do. There's a pretty big drop off from their first choice 11 to their second choice 11. So I I think that could work against them a little bit in this one, but overall, uh, I'd say more strengths than weaknesses for, for Inter. Fair enough. Fair enough. Real Madrid next. They finished second in La Liga. Last season was decent enough for Los Blancos in the UCL. They made it to the semifinals where they were defeated 3-1 on aggregate by eventual champions Chelsea. They also topped their group after a very rough start. Uh, Three wins, one draw, and two losses. They got three wins in a row at the end of that, which saved their campaign because it was not looking good for them before. But uh, strengths for this team, they have a very solid squad, which, while not filled with the Galacticos of years past, includes solid players like Gareth Bale, Karim Benzema, Thibaut Courtois, as much of a snake as he might be, Eden Hazard, and honestly, one of the best midfields in the world with Kroos, Modric, and Casemiro. That, that is an elite, a world-class midfield, really. They have two key weaknesses, though. First, I'll say is Carlo Ancelotti. Is he really the, the right man to take Real Madrid back up to the top? Come on, I'm, man. I'm not sure if it, I'm not, I feel like his tactics might be a little bit out of date, uh, with, as we saw a little bit with Everton, that their defense was a little bit shoddy. They weren't I think that was more pace. on Everton. Well, yeah, it's probably more Everton than, than Ancelotti, but I think, it's, it, I think Ancelotti is a bit of a downgrade compared to Zidane, given all of the, the success Fair. Zidane's given them recently. Uh, second, their defense is a huge problem. Uh, they sold both of their first choice center backs without signing any big replacements. And Marcelo is getting very old and out, out in left back, and Furlan Mendy always seems to be injured. They, that, that defense does not scream confidence in the slightest, which I think is their biggest weakness by far. Next, we have Shakhtar Donetsk, who finished second in Ukraine. To be honest, they had a fairly impressive campaign last season. Despite finishing third in their group, they beat Real Madrid twice. Uh, they drew with Inter twice, nice. but they lost to Gladbach both times, which oh. ended up being the decider for them. Uh, and they went down into the Europa League, where they went out in the round of 16 against Roma. Strengths, they have a lot of Brazilian and Ukrainian talent. In fact, that's pretty much all they have in terms of nationalities. <laughs> there is one player from Israel on their entire team okay. and one from Mali. So diversity. 
Um, some standouts there, though, Marlon Tete, Junior Marias, Stepanenkov, and goalkeeper Andrei Piatov, who seems like he should be about 50. He's around 40, but he's still a decent goalkeeper. Uh, the weakness is that this squad doesn't scream UCL quality. It, yes, they performed well last season at times, but they are very much a team that is just lucky that they're dominant in their domestic league to get into the Champions League. That's a bit harsh mm-hmm. because they did beat Monaco to get there, which was pre- a pretty impressive come-from-behind yeah. win. Uh, at, uh, but still, I, 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 the squad is not fair, the fair. same as the, as, as the others. Next, we have the obvious winners of this group, Sheriff Tiraspol. Let's go. The first place team from Moldova, football powerhouse. <laughs> this is the first time ever that Sheriff will play in the UCL group stage, and the first time a team from Moldova will play in the UCL group stage. Sweet. So good for them. Uh, very, very exciting for them. But I've got to be honest, I really don't know what made FC Sheriff so good. I watched clips. I looked it up. I, I, try, I tried to look at their player list. I'm really not sure how they made it this far in, in the UCL qualifying rounds and made it to the group stage. I, I guess the best answer is they have a team that's greater than the sum of its parts. That, that's my best answer. Sure. They're, they're, they, they have a good enough system that can be frustrating to play against. Uh, mainly what that means is that they're ultra defensive. Yeah. Uh, they have a solid forward, though, who's pretty fast in Adama Traore. No, not the muscle guy from Paris. <laughs> But uh, a decent defense, uh, you know, they've got a decent defense, like I said. They were able to shut out Dinamo Zagreb to qualify. Not bad. Uh, And their weaknesses definitely come from the lack of UCL experience, for sure. Uh, And the fact that their team doesn't really have many standout players. So that's unfortunate for them. I'm going to say for group predictions, Real Madrid topped this group. It's going to be close with the second place team, Inter Milan. Uh, Shakhtar to get third, and Sheriff, unfortunately for them, to get fourth. Yes, well, you know, I think one of the reasons why Sheriff is here is because uh, they allegedly, I don't know if this is true, are funded by some oligarch money that may or may not be completely unethical but uh, probably hey that's half that's that's, that's half of a uh, world football at this point so True. whatever i have the ex- exact same rankings as you i just think that real madrid uh have the slight edge over inter milan although it might be close uh that's, that's all I, I don't really have anything to say about that other than like <laughs> like so, some a lot of these teams got a bit worse sheriff is also there so <laughs> sheriff is there yeah that's it, that's the best way to describe them in this group i think yeah but yeah, if it wasn't for that unethical thing, I, I'd definitely cheer for them. But, you know, whatever. It, it, Real Madrid, Inter Milan, it's going to be competition to see which team has uh, been stripped of their best parts the least. Uh, the opposite of that has happened in Group E, particularly with Bayern Munich. I'm taking over Group E here. Like I said, Bayern Munich is uh, in this group. They are the top-ranked team, followed by FC Barcelona, Benfica, and Dynamo Kiev. Let's start with uh, Bayern. Yeah, sure. Last season, they won the Bundesliga. Great for them. But they got eliminated by PSG 3-3 to on away goals in the quarterfinals. The strengths, it's it's Bayern. I don't know. Uh, front to back, this is just a strong team. They've added Marcel Sabitzer, Upamecano, huge upgrades to the midfield and defense. They may be getting older, but the Bayern court of Kimmich, Nabry, Goretzka, Lewandowski, and Mueller is still insanely talented and more importantly 
they've been here, done that. They have that Champions League winning experience. Scoring goals will not be an issue. Creating chances will not be an issue. Their weaknesses, however, it's it's complicated. They lost Alaba and Boateng, two very good defenders. So can Upamakano, Hernandez, and potentially Suke step up? They can do it against Bundesliga opponents, but whether that can translate to the highest level is yet to be seen. This this beginning of the season has been pretty good. They've gotten a shutout against Berlin. That's not the most impressive uh, of results. They did tie the Borussia Mönchengladbach, so it's not like they are completely infallible. It's obviously uh, that uh, Julian Nagelsmann will need some time to really get his players up to code, his uh, new defenders up to code. That is their main weakness, in my opinion. Uh, Barcelona, third in the La Liga last... The La Liga, what am I saying? La Liga. <laughs> La La Liga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, lost 5-2 to to PSG in the round of 16. The strengths, I mean, they have some really good individually great players. Fati, Depay, Aguero, Pedri, Busquets, De Jong, uh, Ter Stegen, I guess, sure. And despite the team's issues overall, they're still third in big chances created, still are scoring goals, they're still Barcelona. Like, that DNA is still within them. Uh, Komen is an all-right coach. I, I think, <laughs> at the very least, he is getting... Uh, the best out of the players that he does have to the extent of what he can do. The weaknesses are, you know, for Barcelona, a, a lot longer than they would hope. They've lost attacking talent like in Griezmann and Messi, and the replacements of Aguero and Depay are slight downgrades at best and big downgrades uh, at worst. Their defense is a mess. Nobody of Roberto, Alba, Pique, uh, Umtiti, uh, Linglet, Dest, Garcia, or Araujo are particularly good at bossing their box, as evidenced by the fact that they've conceded four goals in three games, which for Barcelona aren't great numbers. And they've had to rely on individual moments of goal-scoring brilliance to rescue points. They're on the fact that four attackers are currently injured or coming back from injury. There's a lot of concern for Barcelona going into the group stage and beyond. Again, let's remember it's Barcelona. A lot of these players will walk into any lineup in Europe, but at the same time, Compared to where they have been, it's a down year for sure. Benfica is next. Last season, third in the Primera Liga in Portugal and lost to Arsenal 3-4 in the Europa League. Uh, the strengths, good attack. Eight goals and three. Keep an eye out for uh, Waldschmidt, Verissimo, and Yaramchuk. They're the best team in Portugal right now in terms of shots on target, big chances created, accurate passes, average possession, goals per match, and XG. They've been bossing this early part of the season. Can they continue that form? I guess that's yet to be seen. But they've also been good on the other side of the ball. They are second in least goals conceded and third least expected goals against. Lucas Verissimo and Moroto have been very good so far defensively. They, right now, are the best team in Portugal, bar none. Again, we're only a couple of games into the season. But the weaknesses here are out of the three Portugal te Portuguese teams, they are the most likely to succeed in the UCL. But overall, this squad just still cannot compete with Barcelona on their worst day. I think just think overall, this squad is not there yet. I uh, can't really speak to their UCL experience, uh, these individual squad members, but at the same time, it doesn't really matter when you're going against the likes of Bayern and Barcelona. The last team I'll mention is Dynamo Kiev. Last season, uh, got first in the Ukrainian Premier League and got third in their UCL group stage. 
lost 0-4 to Villarreal in the Europa League round of 16. Lots of the eventual champions, not too bad. Strengths, relative to the other Ukrainian teams, they're amazing. They've scored 20 <laughs> goals in six matches and only conceded two. Uh, if I really had to point out some players that you should really keep an eye out for, it's uh, Vitaly Boyalski and Viktor uh, Tsigankov. Tsigankov, yeah. All right. you, got, you, you were pretty close on that All one. All right. Nice. I, I, I just sounded out, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> They've combined for an impressive nine goals in the Premier League season. Not that Premier League, Ukrainian Premier League. <laughs> Uh, weaknesses, uh, pretty much the same thing with Benfica. Their squad just isn't there at all. There really isn't anything to say. In fact, I, I have them worse than even Benfica. Moving on to those rankings, Dynamo Kiev is last. I feel like we've been putting the, the lowest ranked teams last for most of these groups. Benfica, I have third. Barcelona, with all their problems, I have second. And Bayern, first. It's a pretty stock group, in my opinion. Jack... Do you see it any differently? Do you think that uh, Benfica or Barcelona could really shake things up here? No, I, I have the same order, but I, I'm sure uh, when uh, Barca saw this, uh, they ate to see it. When they, uh, that, uh, was, that was the wor- worst forced joke. I tried to think of how no, to make it, it was work. good, Jack. I'll but give you credit. That, that's going to that's gonna hang over uh, Barcelona's head when they're playing Bayern. That destruction uh, in two years ago in the Champions League. Eight to two in the quarterfinals that that was so um but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch i think it will be very interesting especially since barcelona's defense have, has gotten worse since then so uh it'll be interesting to see maybe it'll be 10 to 2 yeah maybe uh but uh, i I'm, I'm very excited to see that um but there's definitely a clear divide between the two elite teams and the two who are just happy to be there yes so i have the same order though bayern barcelona Benfica and Dinamo Kiev. Well, Benfica, I think if they get third place, I think they have a good chance at making a Europa League run. In oh, fact, for sure, yeah. A, a lot of these third place teams are, especially for like the groups of death, RB Leipzig, they're going to be great for the Europa League. Yeah. Speaking of Europa League, uh, we are going to do a preview of the Europa League and the Conference League this uh, upcoming Monday. So watch that or listen to that as well. But before we get to that, obviously, we got some groups to finish up here. Jack, Group F, a couple of matchups, some of your favorite teams, and uh, a team that has one of your favorite U.S. men's national team players. Why don't you take it away? Wait a second. Oh, wait. Yeah, okay. I, I, <laughs> All right. At, yeah. First, at first, I was th- I was thinking for a little bit, and I was like, ah, I see where we're going. Okay, Group F, four teams in this, Villarreal, Manchester United, Atalanta, and BSC Young Boys. Let's start with Villarreal, the champions of the Europa League. They weren't in the UCL, but the Europa League, they were in it. They won it. Uh, Quite an achievement for the Yellow Submarine. Unai Emery, let's go. Uh, Speaking of Unai Emery, I put him as one of their strengths, actually. I I think he's a very experienced coach who knows how to get results. Might be boring along the way. Might be kind of cynical how how they play. But he gets results, and sometimes that's exactly what you need in the UCL. Uh, and they also have solid talents in, in there. Uh, Gerard Moreno, of mm-hmm. course, uh, one of the top scorers in La Liga, uh, also one of the top scorers in the Europa League last season. Pau Torres and Raul Albiol make up a good defense. Uh, and Etienne Capu, who was kind of binned off from Watford, but he found a place at Villarreal, and it, he's clearly shining there. So uh, There's also a really good mentality around the team, especially after winning the Europa League. So I, th- I I think I think uh, that really helps them and their defensive play style. Like I said, it works for them. Their weakness, 
They draw a lot. They have like a lot, a lot. Uh, they aren't that good at scoring more than one goal on many occasions. Uh, and they are they are capable of beating good teams, mm-hmm. but it's still not all that common that they do so. Uh, they, they also have a pretty weak squad depth after that starting 11, but, you know, overall, not too bad for Villarreal. Uh, next, let's go to Manchester United. They finished second in England. Boo. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. <laughs> Manchester uh, United. Yeah, exactly. Panandas, all, all that Panaldo, all, all of the buzzwords. Mm-hmm. Uh, last season, they were drawn into the group of death and uh, were the unlucky, uh, with a question mark on unlucky. Were the other uh, two teams that finished? RB them? Leipzig and PSG. Okay. So, uh, but I, I, they, they came in third. They had three wins, zero draws, and three losses. They did make it to the finals of the Europa League, which they lost to another team in this group in Villarreal. So that's going to make for some interesting matchups there. Oh, De Gea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, strengths. They have a solid squad with great attacking depth. Ronaldo, Rashford, Sancho, Greenwood, Cavani, uh, Bruno Fernandes, Pogba, Martial is a great option. Come on, man. <laughs> did you mention Greenwood in there? I did, yes. Okay, I, good, I, good. I put Greenwood Lingard? No. Oh, yeah, Lingard. Lingard, you know what? He, he can contribute. Okay. He scored for England okay. this, this, this past week. So. How about Fred? We're, we're going to talk about Fred. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, they also have a solid defense now in Shaw, Varane, Maguire, and Juan Bissaka. Yeah. They do have a few weaknesses, and the first is Fred. <laughs> it's just Fred. Uh, that, that, that's enough said, I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's Fred. Well, it's, it sounds like uh, Ole's new guy is just McTominay there. So maybe Fred won't be an issue. McTominay isn't much better by himself in the, yeah, in the but, central. But Fred is like a whole new level of m- mediocre. True, but they. But I'd, I'd argue that all of their their def- fair, holding fair. midfield options are mediocre. Uh, second, their goalkeeper situation. De Gea is not terrible. I don't think he's like washed or anything like that. But he's not the keeper he used to be. Uh, and third, uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I, this might be a bit harsh, but I'm just not convinced on, he's going to use the squad to its potential. Okay. Because... Yes, he got second in the Premier League. Impressive, sure. But he's also choked in, like, every other competition <laughs> he's coached in. He, he is yeah. very good yeah. at, at choking competitions, uh, especially against teams that they should be beating, like Sevilla and Villarreal. Uh, so, you know, the, the, those are uh, that, that's my take on Manchester United. Next, let's go to a better team, uh, maybe. Atalanta, who finished fourth in Italy, uh, last season, they did decently in their group, coming second with three wins, two draws, and one loss. However, they were hard done in the round of 16, where they picked up a probably undeserved red card, I think, against Real Madrid and weren't able to play their usual style. Uh, so they, they got knocked out in the round of 16 on that one. Strengths? Their team ha- is a huge advantage. Their system. There is so much movement, and they create a lot of triangles on the field, which really helps them pass around. Uh, they have solid wingbacks in Gosens and Myla, a good midfield duo in Daron and Freuler, and one of the most lethal strikers statistically in Europe last season in Luis Muriel. So they're uh, very good there. Gasparini's a fantastic coach as well, which is why they're, uh, they're doing so good. Heck yeah. Weakness. Ooh. Big weakness. Um, the the defense. Yeah. That That's the biggest weakness. Uh, and uh, selling Romero or loaning him technically with an option to buy may just be the biggest mistake they've made. Uh, like, I know they like to develop youth talent and sell them on for 
massive amounts of money. Uh, if they sell him on, they make a $32 million profit on him. But still, this defense just doesn't fill many with confidence. Jim City, um, I was about to say Romero again. Uh, Who's our goalkeeper now? Uh, Juan Musso from Udinese, which also doesn't fill me with confidence. Okay. Uh, why can't I think of, of oh, Palomino, Jose Luis, Jose Palomino. Not, not, not too good either. And... I can't even think of the of the last guy right now. This that, is bad. That's a well. That that's an indictment on yeah, Atlanta. If you can't yeah. remember, it, it's a it's a bit of a problem. Their defense is not uh, convincing. Really, it it ghosts in a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, we got BSC Young Boys. They finished first in Switzerland, as always. They're the best team in Switzerland, without a doubt. They didn't get into the UCL last season, and the last time they were in there was the eighteen nineteen season, where they finished last in their group with a one win, one draw, and four loss record. That all changes this year uh, maybe peacock bro peacock <laughs> yeah I, I i'm getting to the strengths okay, uh, sorry. they have a solid squad with some good players like peacock he's the first name on there he's my favorite u.s men's national team player uh ulysses garcia and christian foschnacht i pronounced that wrong probably but uh that, that that's about where the strengths end they're, I guess they're also the best team in switzerland by some mile mm-hmm. which gives them some ability to focus on the champions league but <laughs> I, I, I just I, I just don't think they have a UCL quality squad and their depth drops off really severely. I'd love to see them do well, but I just don't think it will be this time. Group predictions for this one. I have Manchester United in first. Yes, they, their holding mid situation is is whack, but uh, it, it's fine. It's fine enough when they have that attack and defense. Atalanta come in second. For me, uh, Villarreal come in third. I feel like they, they are the most likely to draw every game in their group. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Young Boys, unfortunately, in last for them. Yeah, I I, I also have that exact same lineup, right. actually. Right. Uh, I don't know. It's just like Manchester United, they've got the talent. Atalanta, I think Atalanta and Villarreal would be the closest like matchup between uh, this group and the, the teams in there. It would be entertaining. Defense yes. against attack. That's really yes. that, that would be an entertaining one. And, and just on the whole, I think that they might get more similar results than we're giving them credit for. Because I think Villarreal, to their credit, are still a very good team oh, yeah. with a very good coach. And young boys, as always, that, that last-ranked team, are just happy to be there. Yeah. They're just, they're just there. Group G. I'm very glad that the way that we split these groups landed me group g because i remember like doing research for this group and i was like this is like the most interesting group i could think of right I, now i agree yeah because you have Lille, sevilla rb salzburg and vfl wolfsburg four very very good teams so let's talk about them with the top ranked team Lille, who won the liga or the liga uh, liga let's, liga. let's go with that yeah. uh for the first time in since I think maybe 03, 04, or like very, it's been, it's been a while. Let's go with that. They lost to Ajax, however, in the round of 32 in the Europa League. I remember watching that, kind of sad. The strengths, in the grand scheme of things, they have a very talented squad. A defense of Shellick and Fonte, midfield of Joe Bamba, no, not Mo Bamba, Joe Bamba. They have Wea, Renato Sanchez, and an attack of Ilmaz and Jonathan David. Now, that should be a good paper, a good team on paper. But that's on paper. <laughs> and uh, last time I checked, soccer fields are not made out of paper. Unless they're turf, then sometimes they might as well be. <laughs> Weaknesses 
in reality, the team that won the Liga title is not this team. They lost their head coach, who played a very big role in their success, two of their midfielders and their goalkeeper. They're pretty average in Liga, which is not a great sign. They've let nine goals in, in four games, in Liga, which is especially <laughs> bad when you consider that uh, their main strength last year was their defense. Uh, who, who's their goalkeeper? Like Mike Mignon? That, that was their goalkeeper. Yeah. Yep. And now he's gone. He was a huge piece of this Liga sure, team. For sure. And keeping goals out of the net. That's very, very bad signs for Lille. Uh, without their defense, which is the main part why they succeeded in, in Liga, I just don't see how well they can be doing in either competition. Next is Sevilla. Last season, they got fourth in La Liga. Lost to Borussia Dortmund in the round of 16 in the Champions League. Their defense is just a well-oiled machine, unlike Lille's right now. They've only conceded once this season and got a lot of clean sheets last year. This is in large part uh, to, due to the work of Kunde, who's a center back and goalkeeper, uh, Dimitrovic, and left back Akuna. Uh, expect non-flashy but effective wins from Sevilla, at least early on. Their weaknesses is that while 1-0 wins do get the job done, you can't always rely on your defense to bail you out. Luckily, Sevilla are in good attacking form, being first in big chances created, shots on target, and average possession, and found good outlets in Eric Lamella and Yusa and Nesri. The question is, can this good form continue? They're not necessarily known for being balls-to-the-wall, attacking, exciting uh, play, but overall, who knows? Who knows there? RB Salzburg is the next team. Last season, they won the Austrian League and got third in their UCL group stage, lost 4-1 against Villarreal in the round of 32 in the Europa League. Strengths? I mean, if you want attack, you got it. So this team plays a uniquely balls-to-the-wall attack that is constantly pressuring the other team. They're dominating possession and they're creating as many, many chances as you can. They've scored 16 goals already this season in the, in the Austrian League, Thanks to Kareem Adeyemi, Brendan Aronson, and Kamara, and even more players than that. Their weaknesses, however, they fell apart last year because they conceded 17 goals. <laughs> 17 goals. That's second worst in the group stage. I think the only one that did worse was either the Hungarian team, like Fervarinachos or whatever. Fervaros, yeah. Or uh, I'm, I'm forgetting uh, another uh, small team there. But RB Salzburg should be doing better than that. And it's clear that their attack comes at the expense of their defense, which in Europe is completely unsustainable. The last team, the lowest ranked team, despite being maybe the best team right now in terms of form, is Wolfsburg. They got the fourth in the Bundesliga last year, but lost to AEK Athens in the Europa League playoff qualifying round. Strengths to the defense, man. Not only were they second best in the Bundesliga for shutouts last season, but even this season, They've only conceded one goal. They beat RB Leipzig uh, recently thanks to that stone-cold defense of Castiles in goal and Mbabu, Lacroix, Brooks, and Rousselon in the back line. Their expected goals against in the Bundesliga is second least right now. That's very good. Weaknesses, their attack can be lacking. They've only scored four goals, and it wasn't like they were missing any sitters. Their XG is firmly mid-table, not too great of a sign. Uh, especially if it's uh, a team that wants to go far in the Champions League. Sure, they have the likes of uh, Weghorst and uh, Baku, I believe is his name. They're scoring goals, but I just fear that won't be nearly enough to uh, make it deep, deep into the Champions League. The final rankings, and this is where I uh, kind of duck because I don't know if this is going to be a hot <laughs> take or not. Let's start from the bottom. 
I have Lille on the bottom. I, I have the champions of France on the bottom just based on how poorly their season's going, how poorly their transfer window has been going, and, and just, the, just the return to the mean overall. Next, I have RB Salzburg, just because I think they're they're going to be a good team. Wolfsburg, because I think that defense is going to carry on. I, I like the form that they're on. And Sevilla on top, because uh, similar to Wolfsburg, they got good defense overall. I just think they're the good teams. This is a group of life, I would say. Jack, did we uh, differ a lot in those rankings? Not a lot, a little bit. But okay. honestly, I agree. One of the most exciting groups, outside of F and H for me at least, uh, it truly feels like any two of these teams can advance. You have two domestic champions and two teams who got like towards the bottom of the UCL spots in their domestic leagues, but promise to create some really good matchups. Uh, I also think that for U.S. fans, this is going to be the most exciting one because three out of these four teams have U.S. players on them. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, that being said... Uh, I looked it up. Salzburg uh, were tied for the worst uh, goals against okay. with Ferenc Varos. So uh, 17 against, but they scored 10. So it, it, it could turn out well for them. Ultimately, though, I'm, I, I went with Sevilla first. I, okay. I think I think that that one's pretty obvious, although I think they'd rather go to the Europa League to win that again. <laughs> but uh, I have Wolfsburg in second. I, I think they're on good form. They've got great players. One of the best defenses in Germany uh, last season. So, uh, pretty good. Um, I have Lille in third. I, I, th- I think that could be a bit of a hot take, honestly. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think I think Lille have enough talent to make it into third. And Salzburg is the unfortunate one to miss out in this. Ultimately, though, you could swap around three and four and... I it, it, I could see it happening. It, either either one of those could happen. I'm pretty sure Sevilla and Wolfsburg are going to be the two that go through, though. Okay. Well, I actually looked it up a uh, second time to verify. They actually didn't get the, the worst. They, they tied for second worst. Oh, wait. 18 sense. goals against for Istanbul, Bashak Shahir. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Okay. So, not great. Still, still not good, but not the yeah, worst. Yeah. <laughs> not the worst, but, you know... Probably should be doing better than that. Uh, the last group we're talking about, Jack, is a group that's close to your heart. We're saving the least for last. I'm just kidding. Uh, this is a group with, obviously, Chelsea in it. So, Jack, why don't you go ahead and tell us how Chelsea are obviously going to finish last in this group. Oh, yeah. The, it's such tough competition in this one to, uh, because, you know, this these have some giants in there. There's some giants in this one. Mm-hmm. You've got Chelsea. You've got Juventus. You've got Zenit St. Petersburg. Wow. And Malma FF. Wow. Some some great pedigree. I, I'm I'm joking, but they're they're not bad teams necessarily. Yeah. Just maybe except, not. except Juventus. Yeah, Juventus except, is yeah. probably the weakest team, yeah. if we're being honest. Uh but let's start off with the best team in this group by I, I think by some distance, honestly, Chelsea. They finished fourth in England. Last season was an absolute dream for the Blues, as they topped their group with four wins, two draws, and zero losses. But they claimed the ultimate prize by winning the UCL for the second time in their history. It, it couldn't have gone much better for Chelsea, in all honesty, which I'm very, uh, very happy about. Yeah, so you got the jersey on, you got the flag I got, behind you. I got the jersey on, got the flag, signed, uh, we got the, yeah. the signed photo and everything. Uh, yeah, so um, strengths for Chelsea. I mean, where to even start? They have incredible squad depth, which is so necessary for st- for competitions like the UCL. They have one of the best defenses in UCL history, returning mostly with the absence of Kurt Zuma. 
but they only conceded four goals throughout the entire competition, with Mendy keeping nine clean sheets, which is a UCL record, I, I believe. So that, that's pretty fantastic. They also filled in the one hole they really needed, which is signing a reliable number nine in Romelu Lukaku, who complements Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, Christian Pulisic, and even Timo Werner really well so far. Hmm. So I, I, would, I would be remiss if I, if I didn't mention their elite midfield, including N'Golo Kante and UEFA Men's Player of the Year and future Ballon d'Or winner, Jorginho. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kid about that second well, one a little maybe, bit. But it, but it's also, possible. It's not out of the also, question. I would hate that and I would end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as far as weaknesses go, there, there, I, I can't think of too many, uh, honestly. That, that I, I could just be blinded by bias, so you can step in here if you can think of some. But I, I think the biggest thing is if it goes to a penalty shootout and we can't sub on Keppa, we're doomed because Mendy can't seem to save a penalty to save his life unless... Aguero tries to chip it in a panic. That, <laughs> right, that's, right. That's it. So uh, that that's like the one weakness I can really see. They fixed like their main weakness in going behind down a man yeah. to to fix those problems. But I, I think yeah. the one, if I can jump in yeah. with uh, a weakness, is maybe Tuchel can overthink things and maybe overcomplicate things. Maybe a little bit, yeah. But also when you have like that good of a squad, I mean, you didn't even mention Saul, I don't think. Yeah, Saul in the midfield and Kovacic too. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So, so they, it they is got, complicated. Yeah, they got such a, qu- a quality squad that even if Tugel like messes everything up and puts like Mendy up front, I'm sure he could like score a goal yeah, based probably, on how good probably. the team is. So yeah, it's that that might be too complimentary of them, but they they've got a fantastic squad really. Uh, next, let's go to Juventus, who finished third in Italy, I believe. Uh, Better than Atalanta. Just saying. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> uh, last season was another in a series of failures for the old lady as Juventus was knocked out of the competition in the round of 16 for the third year in a row uh, by Porto. They did well in their group. They won it uh, with five wins and one loss. Not too bad there, uh, but ultimately very disappointing. Strengths. They have an elite center back duo in Chiellini and Benucci, and they have some great players in Paulo Dybala, Juan Cuadrado, Federico Chiesa, and Manuel Locatelli around the field. Weston McKenney when he's not breaking COVID protocols oh, as man. well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, their their midfield still isn't it, like a. I, before I go to weaknesses, they have a great coach in Allegri. I I I I should I for should sure, for that. sure. He he's a good coach. Uh, the weaknesses, though, their midfield isn't all that reliable. Even with Logatelli in there, it's still not perfect, and there's still too much dead weight in there too often. Like Adrian Rabio, for example. Uh, so uh, there, there's that. And then also, uh, they lost their best player in Ronaldo, uh, who basically carried their team through through everything that went wrong. And without him, I think they might struggle a little bit. Uh, their goalkeeper is also so off form, it's not even funny at this point. Chesney conceded a goal to San Marino. The only goal they've scored. This window? Yes, this window. The only goal they've scored. Man, man, man. And San Marino is a country famous for never winning a game. Yeah. So, uh, honestly, this is me being nice to Juventus. For for those of you who listen, you know I hate Juventus. But I think this criticism is well-deserved of them. Yeah. Uh, So... That that that's what I because I could just go on and on with some flaws, but uh, I'll I'll continue on. Zenit Saint Petersburg is next. They finished first in Russia. Uh, their last season in the UCL was bad. They got one point from their six matches, although they did get a draw against Lazio, which is kind How of impressive. How long ago was this though? Last season. 
Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th- they were in a tough group, yes. Uh, but not even getting a point off of Club Bruges is kind of embarrassing. Uh, strengths. They do have players of decent quality. Artem Juba is a solid enough striker. And Colombian midfielder Wilmar Barrios is a decent is a decent player as well. A little hot-headed at times, though. Uh, right winger Malcolm isn't bad either. Weaknesses, though, it's pretty clear that this isn't a squad really built for the UCL. Yeah. That's not bad necessarily for them, but it is true. They can't really hang with the big dogs, and it's pretty clear. Uh, that that's, that's the biggest indictment, really, I can give them. Next on to Malmo. Finished first in Sweden. Good for them. Uh, nice. the, la- the last time they were in the UCL was in 2015. Oh, wow. Where they finished last in their group with one win, zero draws, and five losses. Where they scored one and had 21 scored that against. That was five years ago. Yes, uh, but still yikes. 21 okay. scored against yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the group stage. Strengths, uh, I was really trying to think of some here. I really was. And not many came to mind. I, I gave it like a solid 15 minutes and couldn't find many. Uh, <laughs> how do I pronounce this? Velchko Birmanchevic. Is a decent four nice. uh, in the in the Alsvenskan, Al- something like that. Uh, I wish I was kidding, but I really struggled to see how they made it into the group stage. Uh, weaknesses. Who, who do they beat, real quick? Why I should have I should have had this up. That's uh, all right. But I I, I I remember it was not convincing, and they got a lot of red cards in the process. <laughs> uh, they beat. Overall weaknesses, what do you think? Overall weaknesses. They don't have squad depth, and they don't have a UCL quality squad. That's fair. Uh, Not surprising, but needs to be pointed out. They beat Ludogorets. Okay. Three to two on aggregate. Sure. Not that convincing. Uh, Before that, they beat Rangers, which was okay. That's that's more than okay. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, Rangers was playing their second uh, strength squad. Okay. For because of an in, of a bit of an injury crisis, uh, but yeah, uh, it wasn't the most impressive. Uh, sure, I, I think. Uh, and uh, I guess beating Rangers, I'll give them some credit for that. Okay, I'll, I can give them a little bit, but not much. Group predictions for this one: uh, Chelsea in first. I, I think I think that 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 it is possible that they could go like could win every game in this one. <laughs> could I, I don't think that's guaranteed or anything. Juventus in second, yes, for all their problems, they, they are still better than Zenit and Malma. Uh, and that's the order of the last two. Zenit in third, Malma in fourth place. I have the exact same ranking, and I will not say anything more because I do not want to gas Chelsea up too much. <sighs> Dang, I love it when you do that, though. <laughs> well, that is our group's concluded. Jack, let's talk about who we think could be the overall winners. Obviously, we don't know who's actually moving on. We don't know who right. the matchups are. But... In general, uh, why don't you give me your top five teams in terms of contenders? Top five. Okay, I had four, but if I had to pick another one to put in there... Do you have them ranked at all? No. Okay, that's fine, too. I think... I'm going to put Manchester United in uh, fifth, in in like fifth, just outside. I I basically said who I think would be in the semifinals if like all of the paths match Uh up. Uh, United have decent squad depth. They they've got a good attack, solid defense. I, I think they could they have the ability to get there. Um, if I had to guess the semifinalists, I'd say Chelsea, PSG, Man City, and Bayern Munich. Okay, that, that's who, that's who I would have as my top four. Of course, this this could be absolutely useless when the draw happens, uh, but that's my guess, and I think the winner will be from that crop of four. Okay, because these four teams clearly have elite 
squads with great squad depth and talent in abundance in them. Like in almost every position at these teams, you could sub out one player for another and it wouldn't change the quality all that much. And I think that's the biggest showing of strength in uh, in the squad. My brain in this says PSG should win. <laughs> my brain says that. But your heart says... Yeah, but my heart so badly wants a repeat of last year's success that I'm tempted to pick Chelsea just for the meme. Uh, not even a meme, because they have a serious chance of uh-huh. actually making it. Uh, I, I, I would say, like, if I had to pick between these, a Chelsea versus PSG final could potentially be... Uh, could could be a final that wouldn't be out of the question. And between those two, I think PSG win. Uh, I, 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 Unfortunate as it is to say it, I, I think until I see otherwise from PSG, I think that they have the best squad right now in Europe. So mm-hmm. there we go. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't want them to win for the Yeah. <laughs> well, you know how narrative-driven I am, so yep. part of me is just like, I sure. don't... Yeah, not definitely don't want Sheriff, I'm being honest. Right, right, right. Part of me is like, I really don't want PSG to win because I don't want sports washing to like succeed. Right. But I also be like, man, that'd be such like a cool story to talk about though. <laughs> I do have them as my contenders. My fifth place team overall, like I was struggling between either the Madrid teams or Manchester United. I picked Real Madrid Fair. for no other reason than I think that they have a, a lot of talents they have a lot of like veterans that know how to champions league <laughs> know how to change i have the same exact uh four semifinalists you have of course who knows how that's gonna go but those are my like four contenders city psg chelsea and bayern i i broke my contenders into tiers i'm not gonna go because i have like at least 20 teams listed oh, boy. right now okay okay <laughs> uh yes chelsea and bayern munich are b tier in terms of uh wow of yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I, I think I think those two teams are either for Bayern Munich's just not as good as the other three. That's right. I think Chelsea are better than Bayern Munich. All right. But all I also right. think that Chelsea are going to focus a lot on the league because they want to le- win the league. Okay. Manchester City and PSG, I think, are a tier and will focus a lot on the Champions League because they they so desperately want to be the next team to win it for True. the first time. True. And I think that Pep and Poch are gonna be. First off, Pep and Poch is my favorite uh, duo comedy movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Pep and Poch uh, are going to be focusing on the Champions League. And that's why I just have them in A tier. I think especially PSG, City, and Chelsea are very close talent-wise. Yeah, th- th- that's my those are my rankings. Let's see if those succeed. Let's see this Monday for our Europa League and Conference League predictions. We won't go group to group with that, but we'll right. talk about contenders. We'll talk about interesting groups and all that jazz. West Ham to win it all in Europa? Maybe, question mark? Probably not. Probably Anyways, not. Probably not. Jack, that is it for our uh, deep dive episode talking about the Champions League. Thank you for co-hosting with me once more in your lovely room, a.k.a. Uh, the Final Third Studios. Yeah, I should get a door sign for that. Yeah, exactly. That. You should have like a, a, a on the air, even though we're not yeah. actually on the air. Yeah. This is just pre-recorded. Jack, where can people find us to interact us, uh, interact with us in real time? Uh, at Final Third Show on Twitter and Instagram. Go to Twitter if you want more consistent content being yeah, posted. Yeah, more like any content. Any content, in the really. Uh, we should stop mentioning Instagram, but it's yeah, okay. but see, uh, Twitter great place to see some hot takes. You can see AJ either be very happy or very upset at the U.S. tonight, or mm-hmm. 
yesterday. Tonight. Yesterday, yep. Well, to be fair, <laughs> even if they win, I will just be reserved and be like, okay. All right. Uh, so you can you can see those takes over on there. You can see me get super hyped up when Chelsea win the Champions League again, obviously, and beat sports washing forever. Uh, and uh, you can see me get hyped up when France win the Nations League. Maybe, probably not at this point. Uh, but all of those kinds of stuff, all that kind of content, you can find it on Twitter. I just remember that the UEFA Nations League is this October. Yes, it is. Will it? Will the previews ever end for this show? Probably I don't not. know. We'll we can do the Nations League. Yeah. Easy. It's four teams. Yeah. <laughs> we are on a mission to do a, a preview for every single competition. Oh, I'm don't, convinced. Don't commit to that. Don't commit to it. It's I'm, too much. <laughs> I'm convinced we're going to do AFCON. Like, like, even if I, we, I'd be down for okay. that. It'd be interesting. It'd all be right. interesting. Uh, yeah, so I guess the listeners are hearing uh, some, <laughs> some, <laughs> some planning behind yeah. the scenes, behind the yeah, scenes. Behind the scenes. That is it for our show. You can uh, follow us on whatever podcasting platform you find us on, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, what have you. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll give you a shout-out. We'll read out your review. We read out any five-star review. Tell a friend about the show. Tell your dad about that show. Tell your dad about the upcoming uh, news and predictions show. We're going to be talking about a lot of interesting things. Speaking about that, we'll, we'll see you guys for that next Monday. And we'll see you guys same time, same place for our deep dive episode next Thursday. See ya. Bye for now.